and welcome to Detention. This week joining us, we have Missy Elliott, El- uh, Willie Nelson, Cheryl Crow, Crow, God damn it, Carrie Fisher, <laughs> <laughs> also joining us. So, stars. Stars it is. Hey, what do you call it when two actors are spying on each other? Two actors are spying on each other? Yeah. Oh, um, a murder waiting to happen. Thespionage. Oh, thespionage. <laughs> That's a good one. It is a Did good you, one. Did uh, you see uh, Nick Cage's interview with Stephen Colbert? No. Oh, he gave a whole thing about apparently Nick Cage likes to be called a thespian as opposed to an actor because thespian goes back to the original Greek actor, Thespius, or whatever. And he doesn't like being called actor because apparently actor in ancient Greek meant hypocrite. So he doesn't want to be called a hypocrite. Well, you like changing people's mind. I know. He's fucking weird. I've been seeing his resurgence ever since he's been making a couple of, you know, bigger films recently. And the guy just is getting real fucking weird in his old age. I don't, I don't get him. He's yeah, he's odd. All right, so we don't have a whole lot of news to talk about for this week for the entertainment podcast. Only two things. We normally don't. I guess we haven't really for the last couple weeks. Uh, The first thing I want to talk about, the 2023 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees has been released. So the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has announced their new class of inductees. The performers in this cat for this category that will be inducted are Kate Bush, Cheryl Crow, Missy Elliott, George Michael, Willie Nelson, Rage Against the Machine, and The Spinners. Who the fuck is Kate Bush? See, I also didn't know, and I never cared to look it up. Okay. So I have no idea who Kate Bush is, what he, she, they, or whatever sing, or whatever. But apparently they made a huge uh, impact on music in some way. Cool. So more power to them. I mean, they're going to be enshrined in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Who the fuck's The Spinners? Oh, they're kind of like an alternative group from a while back now. They're they're not very big. They're they're kind of like a oh crap. Like the none of the Ramones were bigger than them. Okay, so my question is, why are they in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Well, because it's you know having an impact on music, right? You don't have to be big to have some type of impact on music, right? Some of these people that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame literally just had a new way of using an instrument that then became popularized later on. Gotcha. So they therefore therefore made an impact, right? So whatever style of music that they did probably was used later on that became bigger than when they were themselves. Uh, DJ Cool Herrick and Link Ray will also be recipients of the Musical Influence Award. Uh, while Shaka Khan, Al Cooper, Bernie Tupin have been selected to receive the Musical Excellence Award. Uh, the inductees into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame were selected because, like I said, created music whose originality, impact, and influence has changed the course of rock and roll. The 38th Annual Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony will take place on Friday, November 3rd of this year at Barclays Center in Brooklyn, New York. They apparently are selling tickets. Nice. I'm going to be in school, so I can't go. I wouldn't go even if I could. Have you ever been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Nope. I would, I would recommend it. I, it in I Cleveland? Would, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Uh, they have different exhibits kind of scattered that they'll kind of 
show different artists and stuff. When I was there, they had a big Paul Simon exhibit going on, um, but they do have some permanent ones for like the Beatles and different 60s punk groups that were coming up. Pink Floyd's a big one there, obviously. I like music and all, but I don't really know most of these people. I, I know a, a, quite a few of the ones you just named because they're yeah. big, bigger names, but like, yeah. Don't want to go. Don't really care that much. I mean, I would go, but it's not going to be like one of those things that it's like, yep, I'm going to do this. If I'm in the area, I'll do it. Oh, gotcha. I made pretty much a trip out of it. Yeah, wouldn't do that. <laughs> Uh, next story, Carrie Fisher is awarded a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Everyone knows Carrie Fisher died how many years ago now? Like two? No. No, more than that. 2019, was it? That or 2018. Feels like it's probably been about three, was, or, three or four years. It was like maybe, right before five years. the latest Star Wars movie. Yeah. So yeah, probably around 2019. Uh, this past week, she was honored with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Her daughter, Billy Lord, and Mark Hamill were the ones who honored and dedicated the star by giving speeches. Uh, Carrie Fisher is best known for playing Princess Leia in the original Star Wars trilogy. Uh, her star is only a few feet away from Mark Hamill's, though, which I thought was pretty cool. Didn't, didn't it get revealed on May 4th? Yeah, so the whole entire induction thing, induction, whatever, reveal of the star was done on this past Thursday, May 4th, which is cool. Yeah. Right. Star Wars day. Yeah. Makes sense. And this is going to sound mean, but I don't think she's done a lot besides <laughs> princess Leia. So is she is it, nominated for an Emmy? Is it worthy of it? I'll let you be the decision on that, but I don't think so. She was in blues brothers. And some other movie that I can't remember. Good. And then the Star Wars franchise, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I understand the Star Wars franchise had a huge impact on a lot of people. Just don't really think it's star-worthy, but okay. I'm happy for Carrie Fisher. Don't get me wrong. But you don't really see that very often where it's like one huge hit. And granted, Carrie Fisher was a revolutionary. And it's not like... I, I don't think her acting chops are what really defined her. For me, it was more who she was outside of and it. I, and that's what mainly, I mean, obviously, Mark Hamill is going to talk about that, but that's what he mentioned in his speech a lot was of she was just a tremendous person, um, very genuine. She was very blunt. But yeah. She was also incredibly funny, warm-hearted. Like, she was just a good person to be around. Well, she was a huge revolutionary when it came to, like, the feminist movement. Yeah. And so she has a huge social impact for sure. So I don't want people to think that like I hate Carrie Fisher because I love Carrie Fisher. Apparently She's you hate Carrie Fisher. Awesome. But I don't think her acting chops should have won her the star of fame. But oh well. You know, it's becoming a little bit less and less prestigious. Maybe not prestigious, but you know, some things are just a little bit less hard to get. Yeah. But, you know, mainly because, you know, there's so many more people that are in that field than there was, you know, eighty years ago. That, you know, a lot more people have done a lot more things. I just, I feel like a lot of things now are turning into, we have to do something every year. It's like, oh, no, you don't. You don't really have to. You're right. But, oh, well. Bad movie plot guesses. Yeah, since we're talking about movies, got three of them again for you. Okay. Are they as hard? No. No? Shouldn't be. Good. Shouldn't I like be. I like lobs. Yeah. Ready for it? Mm-hmm. Make-believe friend torments his real-life friend because he is meant for kids' imagination. 
I don't think you've seen this movie. I know my brother will get this right away. This is that ginger guy. It is. Yeah. I can't remember the name of the movie, but I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I have seen it, and it's dumb. It's a cult classic. It's so bad. But I honestly don't view it as yeah. a good movie in my mind. What's it called again? Drop Dead Fred. Drop Dead Fred. Yep. Terrible movie. Yeah. Hey, but the mega bitch line just <laughs> killed me. God. Uh, so good. So at least I knew what you were talking about. Yes. Give yourself half point. We'll give you half. Moving on to the second one. Two brothers rip through Chi Town to try to save their old home and reunite their old band. Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers. Oddly enough, Carrie Fisher was in that. Yes. Yeah. Last one. Okay. <laughs> this I, I'm sorry for this one. Princess turns to sex slave and everyone loved it. Princess turned to sex slave. Mm-hmm. And every, I'm telling you, it's a real bad one. And everyone loved it. And everyone loved it. Oh, boy. I, I can rephrase this. And every straight man loved it. <laughs> and every straight man loved it. Princess turned to sex slave. Oh. I don't know. Star Wars. <laughs> what I was going to say Star Wars, Star but not Wars. because I thought it was legitimately that. I just thought... She's not really a sex slave in that. We don't know if she was. She is dressed promiscuously and has a chain around her neck. I'm going with the sex slave. And again, also a bad movie plot, I guess. You're right. That would be... <laughs> if, that, <laughs> if that's the only scene that you've seen, You're right. right? That's the, the most notorious one when you really think about it. Think of almost every Star Wars nerd's fantasy. You're right. Princess Leia. You're right. And Empire Strikes Back. Do you know what the theme was? Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. Right. She wasn't Drop Dead Fred. Was she really? She was the girl's best friend. Oh. See, I did, I, I that's how much knowledge I have of that. I rewatched the movie maybe a year or so ago. Yeah. And I was like, holy fuck. That's, that's Carrie, Carrie Fisher. Fisher. <laughs> <laughs> because she starts to like threaten the make-believe friend that she can't see. And she's like hitting him with her shoe or she believes hitting him with her shoe while he's standing by the girl who can actually see him. Yeah. Such a weird fucking movie, man. Yeah. I can remember little bits and pieces, but not the whole thing. I was going to so try to use is... like family guy as Angela, but oh. it's a TV show. True. She's in a lot of TV shows, but well, yeah, not I really mean, a lot of well-known movies. Just like Mark Hamill. I think she went more, you know, behind the camera to voice acting. Mm hmm. I mean, Mark Hamill has a tremendous voice acting career. Honestly, Harrison Ford's really the only one who stood in front of a camera after that. Yeah, but, you know, he was kind of Hollywood's heartthrob for a little bit there. An yeah. action hero with the Indiana Jones movies. That's, I so. think that's what really shot him up. Yeah. All right, social events. Yeah, so we got three that I put down. We have the Civil War Living History Festival in Milton, Wisconsin from May 20th through the 21st. In this town near Janesville, this free festival is at the Milton House Museum, once a stop on the Underground Railroad. It features an encampment of soldiers, military drills, cannon firing, and a historic walking tour. Sign up in advance for living history tours of the hotel, where guests will go back to 1861 and meet a freedom seeker hidden in the cellar. Hmm. I feel like that might be a little touchy, but <laughs> whatever. Oh, I meant to actually look up how to pronounce this, but I didn't. Anyway, I'm going to just try my best. Setende May, 
In Westby, Wisconsin, on May 20th through the 21st, this Norwegian town southeast of La Crosse holds a bicycle tour, troll hunt, Ramagrat eating contest, old-time music, children's tractor pull, and a big parade. It's some Norwegian thing. There was a second one. I want to figure out what this food is because that sounds weird. Is it Ludafisk? Uh, dude, no, Ramagrat. Oh, Ramagrat eating. Hmm. Yeah. You guys are waiting in anticipation, I know. It's known... It's a Norwegian porridge made of sour cream, whole milk, wheat flour, butter, and salt. Sounds awesome. That sounds gross. God damn. I can't imagine what your breath smells like after eating that. It just sounds like liquid bread. Hey, you know, Norwegians... Fucking weird. Eat a lot of weird shit. Yeah. I brought up Ludafis because you know what that is, right? I have no idea. It's fish that's been fermented in lye, you know, the poison. <laughs> and then they have to soak it in water so many times so it dilutes the lye and it basically turns the fish into like a jelly substance. Ew. Right? And they eat that shit. And apparently it smells really bad. I want to try it just because, but. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Hey, you know, again, Norwegians, man. Fucking weird. Are you Norwegian? Yeah. So am I. But I've never eaten that. Well, I can't eat fish. True. <laughs> With this, I mean, it's more of a jelly now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather not poison myself twice. <laughs> okay. Uh, last but not least, we have Cellared Beer Fest in Chicago, Illinois on May 20th, this Saturday, or next Saturday. Join the Northman Beer Insider Garden for their first ever Cellared Beer Festival at the Northman Beer Insider Garden on the Chicago River Walk. This outdoor beer our craft beer festival will take place in their covered and heated pergola and surrounding outdoor site. There will be two sessions available for purchase. The first one will take place from 12 to 3 PM and the second one from five to 8 PM. Take your price is $70 in advance or $80 at the door. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, if tickets are still available, uh, tickets can be purchased in advance via brown paper tickets. Tickets include tastings of 40 plus cellared beers, heavy appetizer buffet, live music, gift bag, and tasting glass, and a raffle ticket for your chance to win a rare cellared beer. Swag and giveaways from featured breweries will run throughout the event. I guess to some extent it does kind of fit the price. I would be upset with the fact that it's only three hours. Yeah, but it's Chicago. Yeah, it is Chicago, but I mean, you get, I mean three hours to have 40 plus try if you wanted to try all 40 plus cellared beers you're gonna be fucking off your ass well yeah and then you have all the appetizers and gifts and shit live, live music, music. Yeah. yeah but i mean yeah 70 bucks for chicago is not bad 80 even 80 if you're just buying there yeah if so. you're taking a date i mean it becomes a little bit expensive but yeah oh well miscellaneous topics okay uh, fun fact from Unusual Knowledge. Yes, so I looked up. We're going to be talking about Origins. There's 12 modern icons that they talked about. I only brought up four. We're going to be talking about the Aflac Duck, Betty Crocker, Joe Camel, and Ronald McDonald. Okay. Okay. So the Aflac Duck, a duck pitching insurance, doesn't really make sense. But the uh, the art director, David Eric David, stumbled upon the idea to use the duck as a mascot one day when he continually was just uttering Aflac. <laughs> Uh, it didn't really take him very long to utilize to realize how much the company's name sounded like a duck quack, and so they changed it to their campaign. Ben Affleck uh, is not a huge fan of him. Uh, not surprisingly, he finds many comments that associate his name with the duck, and he is reportedly none too pleased. So, oh. 
Well, sorry, you did. If I ever meet Ben Affleck, I'm going to be like, ah, Ben Affleck. (laughs) Ben Affleck. (laughs) I wonder how pissed he would be. (laughs) I just got punched by Batman. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Betty Crocker. So thousands of letters were sent to General Mills in the 1920s, all asking for answers to baking questions. And to give the responses a personal touch, the company's manager created a fictional character. The surname Crocker was chosen to honor a retired executive, and Betty was a sel- was selected because it was apparently warm and friendly. In 1936, uh, artist Nasa McMean blended the faces of several female employees to create the likeness, and Crocker's face has changed many times over the years. She has been made to look younger and more professional, and now she has more multicultural look. At one point, the public opinion poll rated famous women placed Betty Crocker second to Eleanor Roosevelt. What? Yeah. Okay. Joe Camel. This is the weird one. Yeah, the smoking camel. Yes. Looking for a way to revamp Camel's image from an old man's cigarette in the late 1980s, the R.J. Reynolds marketing team uncovered illustrations of old Joe, who was originally conceived for an ad campaign in France in the 1950s. In 1991, the new Joe Camel angered children's advocacy groups when a study revealed that more kids under the age of eight recognized Joe than Mickey Mouse or Fred Flintstone. (laughs) Hey, that's the camel that smokes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The last one is Ronald McDonald, so perhaps arguably the most recognizable advertising icon in the world. This beloved crown clown made his television debut in 1963 and was fucking terrifying. Oh, yeah. If I've you seen, actually saw it. I've seen OB, OG pictures of yeah. him. He was originally played by the future today weatherman Willard Scott. Uh, nicknamed the Hamburger Happy Clown, Ronald's look was a bit different back then. He had curly blonde hair, fast food tray for a hat, and a magical belt and a paper cup for a nose. Ronald's makeover must have been a hit because McDonald's now serves more than 52 million customers every day around the globe. Yeah. If you want to look up almost nightmare fuel, old yeah. Ronald McDonald. And I understand like you want to have a character that's supposed to represent like the fast food industry, but they missed the fucking mark. Yeah, it's it's terrifying. Yeah, it's grotesque. Have you ever seen like going back to like terrifying images? Have you seen like what 1960s or like prior to that images of kids in Halloween costumes? Yeah. Some of them are like thrasher looking i remember when we uh when we were at you and i i think it was when we were freshmen they at one point in our hall had the images of like old mascots for you and i oh yeah it's always been like you know a panther or a cat of some kind and you go back to one of the earliest ones and one of the first ones that i saw that's in black and white it looks like it's a vicious cat that's going to eat you like it just looks so menacing. unappealing and menacing, right? Why would you want that as a mascot for you know a bunch of people? It and I have a picture of it on my phone. It's demented. <laughs> it is absolutely horrifically horrible to look at. Horrifically horrible. Wow, what a good word. Anyway, unpopular opinions. I don't know how unpopular mine's going to be. I think it's interesting, and I only bring this up because I've been watching a lot of Hotel Hell on YouTube. So I think Gordon Ramley, Gordon Ramsay genuinely gets off on being mean. Like he just uh, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> like he just gets so uh excited and you know 
I don't know. I don't want to get too graphic, but aroused. Aroused. I feel like he just goes back off camera and just fucking rubs one out after he just is so mean to somebody. <laughs> because there are multiple instances where he will be just ripping on somebody about something, probably rightfully so. But then the person will have a rebuttal. And instead of sometimes elevating, like being even more angry, he'll tone down his demeanor. He'll lean in closer to their ear and whisper something so fucked up. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, he has to enjoy it or else he's not going to lower his tone like a normal human being would raise it. So I feel like he just enjoys it, the struggle, and then he knows this last little bit's going to destroy them. And this is the part that he gets off on. <laughs> Where he just leans in, he's like, "Oh yeah, well, I fucked your mother," <laughs> or, something, <laughs> or something. It's oh, it's so horrible to watch. And now that I have that in my head, I that's all I can think about is that man. He's gonna rub one off when he gets off screen on this take. You know, I would have to completely disagree with you. I think the man is just so talented, and he just well adjusted. He has certain expectations. Well, that's and damn if you're sure. not meeting those expectations, he's just gonna be brash. I don't, you know, I don't think he gets off on. It. I think he just has expectations that he expects you to meet as a chef, and you're not, then you're not up to his standard. Well, and he'll let you know about it. It's not even just chef; it's just people, like in the rest or in the have you ever in seen the him, hotel biz. Have you ever seen him talk to kids? Yeah, it's weird. Oh, he's so nice. Yeah, such a genuine human being. That's what I'm saying. With little kids, you don't have these expectations because they don't know better, right? But usually, with adults, they should know better. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna yell at you. Oh, okay. No, I actually do agree with you. I'm just giving you some pushback. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think I, he might. I, I, I think, think he might. I think he just kind of enjoys it. He he enjoys the power trip. I it wonder if he like come like is thinking about his insults just before he says his it. whole life. Just like I want to use this sometime, and then the, like the next day he gets the opportunity. He's like, yep, I'm using it. Well, you know, to give him a little bit of credit for you know working in the restaurant biz for how long he is at such a high level. That I'm sure he has heard everything under the sun. Probably. So it's all logged in his head and he just can pull it out whenever he wants to use <laughs> yeah. it. And then he's like, oh yeah, this is this is the one I want to use to tear down this <laughs> middle-aged fucking house mom. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's so weird. I, I genuinely think he just wants to fucking have an orgasm every time he yells at somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like mine's not going to be as popular as yours mine's definitely going to be unpopular i i probably think it is because i kind of i kind of disagree with you i figured you would and i think i'm going to preface this by saying i feel like a lot of people our age and younger would actually agree with me Mm -hmm. and i can understand why and vice versa i think a lot of people older than us would disagree with me and i can also understand why but mine is that scarface the movie is not that good okay why would you why would you say that i've seen it Okay. Um, and <laughs> I've it, seen it. It's just, it's not that entertaining. It's kind of dry. Um, it, don't get me wrong. I like dry movies and I like slow going movies, but kind of dry. The opening scene is them cutting up people in a hotel bathroom. It's just the way that it's shot for me is very eighties, very cliche, very it, it like definitely bad acting. Is. Definitely is. And so that for me got it a little bit intolerable. Oh, and this is where I'm getting, this is where I'm giving myself pushback, right? Where I can understand why it was so successful and so desired at the time. Mm-hmm. But as time has moved on, it just hasn't held up t- to me. Great. Yeah. So 
very much like Taxi Driver. Same exact idea. I can understand at the time why it was so revolutionary. But when I watched Taxi Driver, I felt like I wasted my life. <laughs> kind of same thing with Scarface. I got done watching and I'm like, I watched this movie for this say hello to my little friend and that was it. Not that great. That's the very end. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there there are good parts in the movie, but I watched it once and I'm good and I will probably never watch it again because it was... It, it didn't do anything for me. I can agree in some aspects. There's definitely that wedding scene that feels drawn out, right? Where it's him marrying the, whatever her fucking name is. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, in the movie. And, you know, it's them at their wedding, and he's like, oh, I bought a tiger for us, right? And they have their whole ceremony, and they go out back, everyone's following him, and then he just shows, like, oh, yeah, I have this fucking tiger because I'm a fucking coke addict and <laughs> I run one of the biggest drug schemes in fucking Miami, right? I can get all of it. It's just, it. I think it still kind of holds up just because there's some sprinkled action here or there. There's a little bit of tension in between. Um, well, he's making all this money. How is he going to start storing it? Oh, he figured out how to store it. Or the different agents who are kind of coming down on him because they suspect him of doing these illegal activities or the drama with his wife fucking his best friend. I like all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, the pieces are there, just the way that it was combined, just I I couldn't couldn't vibe with. But again, I I see why a lot of people do like it, but I I am not people. Just not your snort of coke. Right. Yeah, right. We have a debate topic that I brought up this week that just popped into my head a few days ago that I feel like I think we should have a pretty decent discussion on. Yeah. Mainly being, should life-saving surgeries be free? I'm curious as to your logic on this. Well, I was obviously on TikTok, and I (laughs) was seeing... uh, As one does. Yep, as one does. Gotta get my time in before it's banned. uh, That... You know, obviously, and this is nothing new. I don't know why I specifically wanted to hyperfixate on it for this debate topic in general, but like you see all these stories of people who will have some type of medical emergency that require either some type of surgery or treatment, right? And then, okay, well, I'm safe, but now I'm in debt $200,000. And it's like, well, I bet you in some cases, some people would view that as, I would rather have just died because now I'm just fucking burdened with this debt that I unfortunately had to have had or else I would be dead. Right. And I don't think that's really a good model. I would think a lot of people would agree that no one should have to go into severe debt in order just to, you know, stay alive because in some cases, a lot of these medical emergencies are more genetic than what you have done to yourself in some cases or a freak accident or some freak accident that was caused by somebody else. Right. Which there is some leeway with that where it's then kind of the responsibility of the Mm -hmm. party that inflicted it that they have to kind of pay for it. But it's just, it seems like it's such a fucking back ass words, ass backwards system where why would you have to be so burdened that at any moment, because who knows, life's unpredictable, at any time something could happen to you where you would need to have some type of life altering surgery or else you're going to die and because of that, you are now burdened with extreme severe debt. It doesn't make much sense to me. I can agree that some surgeries are cosmetic, right? It's not life-threatening. You just want to do it because 
you want to feel better about yourself. I think that should be, you know, regularly priced, right? Because it's something that's not going to be hindering your quality of life potentially or limiting any other aspect of your life. So that makes sense. You should have to pay for that because it's elective. Life-changing or life-saving, I think it should be free because they're purposely marketing it up as a way of making profit. Literally, you die or you, you pay us. I don't like that. I don't like that notion. I would actually disagree with you. So this is where we actually finally get a debate. Um, there, are, there are a handful of things in this world that I think should be free. Uh, education is one of them. Okay, we've, we've discussed that on here and off here multiple times. Yeah. Because you should never put a price on knowledge. And to in going with that argument, you should not put a price on life. Yeah. I understand that. When it comes to, because I'm going to make a lot of comparisons between why I believe education should be free and why I think this one shouldn't. Um, with education, you're not paying anyone to really give you education. I mean, you kind of are when you're getting those professors, but you can do a lot of that on your own if you're reading books, right? That Professors are there and teachers are there to like guide you to learn specific things in that time but with education like with the book bands and all that anything that you need to know you can read on your own now can you understand it conceptually that might be where you need somebody else's help you can't really save your own life yeah in terms of this aspect right so you have specialized people who go through a lot of training to help you live and so I think there should be aspects of life-saving surgeries that should be free. Like the hospital stay should be free. The medicine used to treat you, I could argue, should be free or at least reduced to what um, it is now. Mm -hmm. But these people are specialized people. They are not just anybody who can do this, which is where you could also make the argument for athletes getting paid the way that they do. They are a specialized group that no one else has this potential to reach because they are so good, right? Surgeons are very much that way, where they have steady hands, they have years of practice and experience and knowledge, and they should be rewarded for that um, because when you make them free, where does the money come from to make their livelihood? I would say every other part of their practice, right? Just being in the hospital itself, hospitals make so much money that you can offset, okay, so a surgery costs this X amount of thousands of dollars. Well, if it's life-changing, you can opt that as being free, but there's still so many aspects of the hospital that they can clearly still pay surgeons whatever money that they want and still be comfortable with having you know the skill level that they have. Because like you said... They have a very unique skill set that very minimal people in the world, frankly, have. But who knows? Yep. I think you could almost make the same argument for some professors at universities, right? I mean, not so much like local, smaller universities, but like some of the more prestigious big Specialized, ones. Specialized like dead languages. Yeah, and, right? Yep. So like they have very unique knowledge that is, you know, because of their work, they're very unique in their field that if they die, right, then that knowledge is then lost and gone. Yeah, for me, just when you're looking at this, is that there should be a cut somewhere, but I don't think it should be the surgery. Now, don't get me wrong. Should it be as stupid expensive as it is? 
No. Um, healthcare in itself should not be as dumb expensive as it is. Um, you shouldn't have a five figure bill for being in your hospital room. I actually know someone who recently was in the hospital for, I think five of seven days mm-hmm. and their bill came out to about 30 grand just for the hospital stay. Yeah. Pretty outrageous. And that's what I'm saying. Like if they're not there for surgery, that's how hospitals are making money too. Right. And so like for me, it kind of, the way that we both talked about it goes either one or the other. It's either you pay the surgeon and don't pay for the stay or you pay for the stay and don't pay for the surgery. Now, which one would be more expensive? I'm not sure. My guess is probably the surgery itself. Uh, but that's where I also think it should be reduced cost. Now, where that extra money is coming from, I don't have a good answer to that. I could say taxes like most people do. And when you look at that, you're going to say, well, they're just going to raise tax break, or taxes. Not if you reallocate. You can easily reallocate. Yeah. Um, without getting too much into that. I see a problem with your issues. Like if you're going to say make the surgery free, but charge it for everything else, all they're going to do is hike up the other, pro- everything else to offset. Yeah. So then the question becomes, right now the surgery is free. Well, it's still too expensive. What else do we cut? I just think, I think you should pay them for their specialty. I just don't think it should be as high as it, or at least the person getting saved shouldn't pay as much out of pocket, right? I think the insurance companies also need to lower their premiums when it comes to that. Like, depending on the insurance you have, you can either get really good benefit or a really shitty benefit. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you have to look at as well. That's where insurance does come into play really nicely, but then you get fucked up over anyway because after you have to pay for it, your insurance premium was up because yeah. you're now a liability. Mm-hmm. That's really dumb in itself. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't think it should be absolutely free, but I also don't believe it should be as expensive as it is. Yeah. There's a happy middle ground there. Yeah. We're obviously reduce the price. So it's more accessible for people and it doesn't have that extensive debt burden after, you know, they save their fucking life. But again, with, you know, if hospitals are trying to offset that cost, right. Cause they're, functioning as a business, which I, again, think is a poor business model for a hospital. You shouldn't be going in as a business. They should be almost run as nonprofits. You would think. Where we have to break even with expenses and revenue as much as we can, as well as making sure that the people who are working here are satisfied being paid their rightful dues Mm -hmm. because of their speciality and stuff like that. That makes sense. Right. So the whole entire system itself, I think, is kind of built off of false promises that this is just a first step of help helping change that system. The amount that big pharma makes is nuts. Oh, and, and they work hand in hand with hospitals and you're absolutely right. After you pay all your doctors and all your employees and all the supplies and all that, you should be going about zero. You should not be going red. Mm-hmm. You should be in the black, but you shouldn't be very high above it. You should not have shareholders. And no. in the hospital. No, because what what would their purpose be besides, you know, they say that, you know, we're here to help expand the general health for their community, right? But if that's all you're there for, then you should be focusing on the actual health aspect, not on 
How trying to, to make profit. Because what profit. are you going to use that profit for? Exactly. Nothing. You're exactly. going to use it for more of your shareholders. Exactly. So it, it, in that aspect, it's like, well, then you can see how disingenuous shareholders are for hospitals. Because at that point, if you see a board of directors that are like, okay, well, this place a fucking coke. Like, this makes no sense. It, it goes the same way with uh, privatized um, jails. Oh, yeah. Also a dumb thing. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they're not there to actually serve the needs of the people who are supposed to be rehabilitated. They're just like, well, how many people can we stuff in these little boxes? Exactly. Because the more people we have, the more money we get. Right. So, again, there's a whole lot of systems that need to be restructured. Unfortunately, they probably never will, especially in our lifetimes. But who knows? We can keep pushing. Well, yeah. This little podcast can keep pushing. Hey. We'll get big enough. I believe in us. Do you? No. All right. Well, <laughs> finishing off this week's entertainment episode with this day in history for May 12th, starting with the most recent and going back to furthest in time. Uh, just a couple of years ago, on 2021, U.S. Re- Republicans vote to demote their number three, Liz Cheney, from party leadership after she publicly rebuked Donald Trump for lies about the election. In 1965, the Rolling Stone record their smash hit, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. In 1928, Benito Mussolini announces moves to end women's suffrage in a speech in the Senate in Italy, which I find that interesting. Right. As a fascist, why would you want to have women vote? I don't know. Right. It seems very weird. And then in 1215, English barons serve ultimatum on King John, which eventually leads to the creation of the signing of the Magna Carta. Famous birthdays for today, May 12th, we have Tony Hawk, the pro skater, Rami Malek, the actor, Emilio Estevez, the actor, Dom Dom Null Gleason, the British actor, and then R.A.P. George Carlin, the former comedian, also had a birthday on May 12th. So that wraps up everything for this week's episode of the entertainment podcast for the detention podcast. Thank you everyone for listening. Please spread the word and encourage others to listen as well. You can follow us on Twitter at detention pod one, or you can send us an email at detention podcast one at gmail.com. You can listen to the detention podcast on anchor, Spotify and Apple podcasts. And with that, your detention has been served. We will see you again next week.